Hey everybody, I'm Teresa Fien Millies, and this is Ninth Arcana, a tarot podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the Emperor. The key word on the Emperor is tradition. The number on the Emperor is four. We just did an episode on four. Tradition is great, yes. But if things don't change, they fester and they decay. Famous emperors include Julius Caesar, Napoleon, Genghis Khan. We all know the stories about him, right? Constantine the Great and Charlemagne. Now, I was educated in the American Midwest, so all I know about these people is what I learned staying up late as a teenage insomniac watching the History Channel. All of these names evoke a feeling of extreme power. These men were military commanders, and they took large amounts of land and people by force. The names I mentioned were emperors, not simply rulers or kings. There is a distinction. A king rules a kingdom. An emperor rules an empire. According to Wikipedia, an empire is a political unit made up of several territories and people, usually created by conquest and divided by dominant center and subordinate peripheries. The center of the empire exercises political control over the peripheries. Within the empire, there's a non-equivalence between different populations who have different sets of rights and are governed differently. The British Empire began with the overseas possessions and trading posts established by England between the late 16th and the early 18th centuries. We have all heard of the British Empire. At its height, it was the largest empire in history, and for over a century, was the foremost global power. In 1913, the British Empire ruled 412 million people, 23% of the world's population at the time, and 13.7 million square miles. That means that 23% of the entire world's population was being controlled by a country That is one-third the size of Texas. That is an empire. At its peak in 117 CE, the Roman Empire covered 2.3 million miles, which is over three continents, Africa, Asia, and Europe. But that size difference, 13 million miles versus 2 million miles. And the Roman Empire is the one that we always hear about in school. It doesn't even crack the top 10 of the biggest empires in history. And all of these links are in the show notes. Don't worry. Queen Elizabeth wasn't an empress and King Charles isn't an emperor because it's not 1913 and they don't rule over a quarter of the world's population anymore. However, Queen Victoria was the empress of India, but the title was dropped in 1948 when India gained its independence. She was still the queen of over 16 separate countries, though. She declined the title of empress because of the connotations and because she wasn't a military commander, not because it wasn't technically true. There is no longer a British Empire, but most dependent countries that gained independence in 1948 elected to be part of the Commonwealth, which is an intergovernmental organization of 56 independent member states. They see the king or the queen as a symbolic head, 52 of which were part of the British Empire. I'm sure you can unpack those numbers in your head. I mean, I feel like you get the vibe. An emperor comes into power by inheritance or by force. His goal is to rule as much of the world as he can for as long as he can. Back to tarot. 
There's a little book called A Little Bit of Tarot that I really like. In it, it says that the emperor is the card of fatherhood, determination, and earthly success. He represents an authority role. I really feel like, taken by definition, we're looking at a man that has conquered millions and millions of miles of territory, who was born into privilege, or who has taken it by treason and slaughtering the last person that held the position. A leader that waged wars and burnt villages and raped and pillaged kingdoms and took it all back home to him to keep it in his castle and claim it as his own. This is colonizers. This is imperialism. Everything that is wrong with the world is born from these people. Then when you look it up in a tarot card, it says, like, you should push a little bit more. Be assertive. Be like your father figure. I don't like the softening or the sanitizing of the cards or, like, of language or life in general. I don't like that you have a word that has a history and a definition. And when you look it up, it's something innocuous. It's whitewashing, it's bypassing, and it's ignoring history in this case. The Emperor card means power and force and privilege and death and destruction. It's racism, it's sexism, it's colonialism, it's imperialism, it's pain, and it's brutality. I feel like the majors have so much associated in them that I don't really even need to go card by card because they're archetypes and there's already so much information and symbolism right on the surface. I don't actually think it matters what color the robe is or what's on his throne. The guy's a fucking tyrant. The message is, are you being a fucking tyrant? Can you calm down and get out of the way? Is this an energy that's coming to you? And what are you going to do about it? This is like apocalypse energy. Let's look at the cards anyway. The Aquarius, the Waitsmith, and the Morgan are just classic. Red and orange robes, swords and crosses, eagles and crowns. It's all power and flesh. This is masculine brutality. The Mythic has a man with thunderbolts, a raven, and a world, like a globe, in his hands. He's wearing a purple robe, which is the color of royalty. It's usually the color of mysticism for me, but here I just see a king, like the first king. It is Zeus, and I think we all know by now what a dick Zeus is. The Wild Unknown gives the energy that the guidebooks want you to think of. It's a tall oak tree. Oak symbolizes family. This tree is old and it's strong and it's resilient. It's kind. He is shade and he is protection. This is a father figure. This is an ideal father figure. But the sun is here again. The big ball of fire is in the sky, making it feel like something catastrophic is about to happen. The lion strider, the eyes are wide open like he's shell-shocked or he can't sleep. He's holding a cipher in his hand. It's the same cipher that you see in the first three decks. It looks like an Egyptian Ankh. It's another symbol that was appropriated by Christians. The Christians called it Crux Ansata, or Handled Cross. According to Socrates of Constantinople, when Christians were dismantling the greatest temple in Alexandria in 1391, they noticed cross-like signs inscribed on the stone blocks. Pagans who were present said that the sign meant come to life, an indication that the sign Socrates referred to was the Ankh. Christians claimed that the sign was theirs, indicating that they could easily regard the Ankh as the crux on Sata. 
which just furthers my first point. The emperor is a colonizer. The Holly Simple is one of her guys with a wand. He's like a moose creature. He's got his hands up and a wand in one of them. The wand symbolizes making things happen. Fire, kindling. It's also magic spells. Either way, he's got power. And he's trying to get your attention because his hand's up in the air. The Luna Soul looks like a conqueror. He has all of the symbols that he had in all the other cards. He has his legs in a four shape, which is a callback to the Tarot de Marseille, something that this deck does very often and very well. We see the Ankh, the, a compass, the orb that's in the other cards that I didn't bother mentioning, a lamb, there's mountains, there's a crown with antlers, he's got a compass, there's a bee on his shoulder. There's a ton of symbolism in here, but I'm not going to pick it apart. The energy is softer this time. There's no bright red, but there's still the sun in the distance. So, you know, still watch out. Traditionally, the sun is like a new day starting anew. And that might be what you see, but it's not what I see. The two cards here that have a softer feeling both have suns in them. Eventually, the softer feeling is going to turn on you and fucking take over your land. Obviously, no card is all good or all bad, but I really don't see any redeeming qualities in the Emperor. I feel like I'm 12 episodes in, and I'm just seeing all this anger and this pain all over the place. And it's really reflective of where I am in my life, and where a lot of people are. There is no point in history where things were good, but we are increasingly aware of how bad things really are. And I'm going to go ahead and be okay with the fact that I'm mad about it. Because the last 40 years of trying not to be mad about it has given me this complex that many of us have. That I'm too much, or I'm too loud, or I'm too one thing or the other. And at this point, who even cares? I'm seeing truth in these cards now. I'm seeing my truth that reflects my experience. And I'm not willing to trade that for anyone else's truth in any guidebook. If you're listening to this, in the same way that you come across a card on Instagram or you happen across really anything of the significance that resonates with you, a TV show, a book, a person, whatever, it's because it was laid out there for you to find. It was watching for you and it introduced itself at the right time. This podcast started as my naive need to relearn the cards. It's morphing into my authentic voice and that's not something I'm going to stop using. And if you feel me, thank you for feeling me. Anger is a valid emotion. And if you don't, that's fine too. Because everybody's reality is different. There is no one universal truth. If the emperor is a solemn, protective father figure to you, all right. Everyone's cards are different. I'm not here to tell you that you're wrong. I'm here to be loud for the people who can't be loud for themselves yet. Every person that picks up a deck of cards should see something different than the next person that picked up the same deck of cards. We didn't even get into how this is a major or how it's a four. You can research those things at home. You can also hit me up and tell me that I am super off base. You can hit me up on Instagram as Queen of Marigold. You can also see the cards there or look at the show notes in Spotify. You can send me hate mail at Ninth Arcana Podcasts on Podpage. You can call me a snowflake on a voicemail there too. New episodes Wednesdays and Fridays, next one being the Six of Cups, 
It's the nostalgia card. Let's see how I can ruin that one. Until then, go pull some cards. Love you. Bye. Ninth Arcana is created, written, produced, and edited by me, Teresa Fien Millies. Thank you for listening.